thinking about it and I was like, I wonder if first I was thinking, you know, if this was the actual race, would I have, you know, like still pushed through no matter how hard. And to be honest, I really, really, really thought about it. And I even think if that was the real race, I would have had to pull the pin on it type thing. Like, I don't know. And it's, I mean, it's not a good thing that it took my stomach two days to get back to normal, but at the same time, once I wrapped it up and got in the car and I was thinking as we were driving away, I was like, watch this, give it 15 minutes, my stomach will start growling. Like, I'll be like, I want all the food now. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it was going to get better. running podcast. I'm your host, Rick Canning, and that was Mel Rose. We're back for another race debrief. Um, Again, I had a very inspirational week of coaching, and doing these race debriefs are really my favorite part of the whole experience, getting to chat with the athletes, getting firsthand their experience and what went well and what didn't go well so that we can develop a plan moving forward to improve on that race and training. Mel's DIY adventure from Mount Uniac to Annapolis Royal, which would have been almost about 170 kilometers, even to take on an adventure of this magnitude without uh, an actual race for your first 100 miler is huge, having to take care of all of the planning all of the roaming aid stations and crew stops and all of that stuff. So this was a really big undertaking for Mel, who uh, before this had previously only run uh, 50K. Anyway, so we get into all of the nitty-gritty details about how this unfolded for her on one of the hottest days of the year. It was super humid, over 40 degrees with Humidex, and that brought on a lot of a lot of challenges. It was a super tough day out there. And I got to experience it firsthand, actually, because I went as a training run for me and to help give back um, to Mel a little bit as well. I went and participated as a crew and I paced her for 50 kilometers as well. Anyways, without further ado, here's today's conversation and I hope you enjoy it. Um, I'm actually surprised at how I'm not really feeling like I gave up or anything. Like I'm not really feeling bad about it at all, which is a really good thing, I think. Well, I I really do think that you gave it, gave it your all. And I remember there was, there was one point when we, when we were out there and I asked you to get up out of the, the chair and I said, if you did that and you made it to the next aid station, then you'd be able to look yourself in the mirror and say that you gave it everything that you got. And you did. Yeah, and that that was pretty much it. And I yeah, probably wouldn't have done that unless you had said that because <laughs> I was pretty done. And like I said in the email, I think I went in a little confident on the whole feeling nauseous thing because I dealt with it so much and was kind of like... <sighs> That's nothing I haven't dealt with, but that was, uh, I have to say, that was 
nothing I've really experienced before. So that's one for the books. You, just, you don't know until you're until you're in it, but just having to experience being nauseous for that that nauseous for that long of a period of time it really where really yeah being that nauseous for that long of a period of time really sort of weighs on you not only can't you get any calories in it's just so mentally draining too it's so hard yeah and just yeah i don't know like i was thinking about it and i was like i wonder if first i was thinking you know if this was the actual race would i have you know like still push through no matter how hard. And to be honest, I really, really, really thought about it. And I even think if that was the real race, I would have had to pull the pin on it type thing. Like, I don't know. And it's, I mean, it's not a good thing that it took my stomach two days to get back to normal. But at the same time, once I wrapped it up and got in the car and I was thinking as we were driving away, I was like, watch this, give it 15 minutes. My stomach will start growling. Like, I'll be like, I want all the food now. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it was going to get better. I kept hanging on, like you were saying that it may turn around and Adam was saying the same thing. And yeah, I, I don't think. No, I think do, the, so. the heat just really did such a number, right? Because like I said, I was, I only joined you um, just after lunchtime there in the hottest part of the day, but I ran the 50K with you and my my stomach was was done and my stomach didn't come back either. Like I, I took some time and I tried to close my eyes and I tried to keep showing up for you afterwards, but I just... Yeah, I couldn't get anything in. I couldn't drink water. After you left, I would go dry heave over in the ditch. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing. And the last little bit there, really, if it wasn't for Adam being there, pretty much telling me, like, every two minutes to at least take a sip of water. Like, I was to that point, too. I just didn't even want to, like, didn't want the water going in. Now, do you think like maybe more electrolyte because I'm pretty sure I didn't take as much as I had planned to just forgetting about it because it's just not it's the first time like I'm just kind of new to doing that and I was thinking both maybe more electrolyte back at the very first when I was saying like I'm not sick but I'm not feeling like eating and I've been working on this bar like if maybe then I should have started doing more like juice or like liquid calories at that point type thing that Maybe. It could have made a it could have made a difference. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And you you only know in the moment when you try and experiment on yourself with a possible solution and it either helps or it makes things yeah. worse. But uh exactly. <laughs> but some of that some of that nausea yeah. can be caused by an imbalance of the well, just being could have just been severely dehydrated as well, right? It's, I know you you took a couple stops to to use the bathroom, but I think as the day went on, it got pretty infrequent. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think that's same thing. I wasn't paying. Same thing. You think you're going to pay attention to all this stuff, and then you get going, and yeah, yeah. The, back, I'm like, yeah, I forgot to pay attention to that, and I forgot to take a pill, salt pill, and like. But all, but all in all, though. Like your first, your first crack at running more than than fifty kilometers, and on the the second hottest day of the year, I think, and you made it. Was it like one hundred and thirty six? I think. Yeah, 
which yeah. is pretty incredible. Yeah. And I have to say, like, it was, I think, around 85 the first time I threw up. But really, all in all, I think even the first hundred kilometers, I'm pretty, like, and especially like the first 60 or so, or even up to the 80 mark when we were <laughs> doing your first you 50 know. miler. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like up to that point, it was actually like, I felt great type thing. Like I was, you know, enjoying the whole thing and, you know, I was surprised at how good I felt and, you know, all that. And like I said, too, I cannot believe like physically my legs, like muscle wise and, joint wise and everything like like I said I had some pretty nasty blisters that I wasn't prepared for and some pretty crazy yeah. chafing <laughs> that I wasn't quite prepared for but other than that like I said I uh my legs and everything felt even better than after a 50 like and there was I have nothing so far that I feel the need to go to a physiotherapist to check out like the biggest thing yeah blisters chafe and i like super sleepy. Like I've been sleeping like a champ pretty much the whole week. So <laughs> had to go back to work. Oh, today yeah. I'm not gonna well, it's good that you're taking care yeah. of yourself though. And it's totally normal for that, that fatigue to, to really set yeah. in and, and be pretty deep and it can hang around for, for a while too. So just got to ease back into things really slow. And even if the body's not, not super sore, that just, yeah, that deep fatigue can, can hang around for a yeah. while for sure. But I can deal with that. Like I said, I'm like super, super kind of impressed with like, I thought my knee would be a problem. I had a few little twinges after my 50 that I thought would might flare up again and stuff. But yeah, no, I'm super, super impressed with that. Went for a hike yesterday, or yesterday, the day before, I can't remember. And that felt great. And yeah, felt good when I came back. So, so the training was bang on. I think, I think we did did well i was worried with the uh yeah the knee issue there but i think we uh i think you were able to ramp it up and then yeah taper it off seemed to all be really really perfect yeah and i think too sort of the one of the big things is is keeping the your your head on sort of straight while dealing with some of these these knee issues right and not not panicking yeah like you we do this big we do this big run and it's, we did an overnight. Um, we were, what were we shooting for eight hours or 10 hours? I don't remember. Ten, yeah. We're shooting ten, for 10 hours, ten, running, running overnight to get you used to doing a, doing a night run. And yeah. And you, you ran really well, but you ended up with the IT band syndrome going right. And that ended up taking you out for a little while. And we had to manage that. Um, but because we gave you enough of a buffer, right, between doing that and when you were doing your, your actual adventure, we had enough time to dial it back and then ramp back up and get you to a place where you were going to be yeah. confident going into that, right? Which, again, is good to have somebody because, yeah, just left to your own, I know I would have totally panicked and probably ran on it when I shouldn't have or, you know taking too much time off yeah i think a lot of people in that that situation would try to push through it in fear that they're not getting the the training in that they need to do something this this big and then that just makes it worse yeah exactly and i might even lean the other way because i'm super cautious and be like you know like oh maybe i'll just do the elliptical for (laughs) this week you know like be really easy on it 
but uh, no, I think that was, yeah, I think that was pretty dialed in. So let's unpack it then. So sort of leading up to this, um, before we started trading and you decided that you wanted to take on the, the hundred miler, what were your biggest, what were your biggest concerns uh, taking on something that was this big? Um, really, because it was capes at that time that I was kind of going for, and obviously the distance, but I kind of, and again, it might be too confident, but in my head, I kind of knew, which I didn't do, obviously, <laughs> but I was like, the distance, I think with the training, I can do that. Um, really, there was the hills, the elevation originally is, was my biggest, biggest concern, and the overnight kind of thing, but... So I am kind of interested to see how I would have done on that. Like if we had, if the race had gone on and continued with the elevation training, cause that pretty much just, and then two, which is, I guess, more of a hindsight thing, but not realizing like equipment that I needed and how helpful it would be and just nutrition stuff. Like that's more of a hindsight thing, but now. Now I realize I should have been really worried about that stuff and just didn't know that I should. But yeah, mainly it was just honestly the elevation, like thinking about going up all those hills. Yeah. And But it's just like, it's just like anything else uh, that you're training for. You, you showed up to the start of, of this adventure feeling prepared with, with what we did. And if we had been training for, for capes, um, with that elevation, we would have put the training in for that to have you show up for that uh, feeling prepared as well. So you can you can show as long as you got the the training to do it, you can show up feeling prepared yeah. for for pretty much anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess that's put the time in beforehand. Put the time in yeah. beforehand. So let's start this. So we started off in in your hometown, my hometown here in Mount Uniac. So. What were you feeling when, when you started off? To be honest, when I was almost in tears when I went out the door, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Like I had had such a horrible sleep and was just, I don't know. I think just a little overwhelmed and kind of the lack of sleep because I had ended up getting up early the day before and thinking that would help me, you know, fall asleep early the night before. Anyway, honestly, when I first was at the door and was like saying goodbye to my husband. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. I, don't, I was like, I just want to go to bed. I don't want to like, um, I'm not going to lie. It was kind of a messy scene when I first left, but I was happy because we had, I was said, I was worried about my, the mental part getting me way early in it. And I think that you had to deal with those demons before you started. <laughs> I walked out the door, but it was one of those, like, it was a pretty nice morning. I mean, it was dark when I went out, but it was like cool and misty. And really it took like five minutes and I was kind of into it at that point. But yeah, I have to say that morning I was, (laughs) I was a little bit beside myself. So were you finding those, those early, those early miles, early kilometers, they were clicking off pretty, pretty easy after that or how? Oh, real honestly, I, I couldn't believe, like, when I hit Windsor, I couldn't believe how quick, like, it seemed to be passing. Actually, the whole thing, really right up to Grand Prix, I 
I was really like all those kilometers were like those, you know, one of those awesome runs that you have that you feel like you can go forever and you're super loving it. And, you know, you're waving at people and life is great. And yeah, like once I got over the first like five minutes getting out the door, I like that part of the run was awesome. And it's actually other than the shoulder of the road being so crappy and all that, it's actually a really yeah. nice run. I have to say, like a very enjoyable, fun, like nice scenery, different things run. It was that's that's saying a lot coming know. from somebody that avoids running on asphalt <laughs> <laughs> all the time. All gone. Yeah. But uh yeah, no, it really uh and even I think really up until that when I got sick, pretty much like when it, that kind of hit me at that point, when I thought I saw the car and got all excited and all that kind of stuff about up to that point, like the day flew by. I couldn't, every time I got to another stop, I couldn't like, I was like, Holy cow. Like I'm already here. Like even coming up to it, I think I'd recognize like when I was still on the road or whatever. And I'd be like, don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself. I think it's quite a bit further. And then I'm like, Oh no, it's already there. So, so what was, So what was the main part of the the strategy in the early miles that you think uh, went well? Uh, Just really trying. And I mean, after I looked back on it, I did speed up a bit, but obviously, well, and I got up early and ate early and did all that kind of stuff. And then I did kind of lay down for a little bit more. I think that really helped. And just trying to keep like just the slow, steady, um, like not because I always kind of want to burn up hills or whatever but like even you had mentioned even in the beginning when you don't feel like you need to walk up the hills to you know I did walk up I made sure at that point I was eating probably over 250 calories an hour like just keeping right on the food and the water at that point and I think that all worked and I think it would have continued to work except like you said the heat I just got just before Grand Prix kind of thing. Yeah, and just you started you started on the ice pretty early too, right? Like we we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That was a great tip because like my mom had offered it to me on earlier stops and then we got to one and I was like, you know what? It's yeah, like I'm not hot yet. Let's bring it on and that that to like have that ice around my neck and stuffing it down my back and my pack, I think was I wasn't sure how that was going to go or if it would rub weird or anything like that, but I don't know. Uh, the heat, I think I said in my email, like the heat obviously bothered me. I think it's what took me out, but I can't say that at any point I was like, you know, you know, when your head starts getting hot and you just get that over, I didn't never got that kind of overheating. I think when I was kind of racking my brain trying to understand what was happening is I had the same sensation, right? I never really felt overheated, even though it was with the humidex, it was over 40 degrees, right? Like it wasn't, it was a cool out by, by any means, but I think we, we felt generally pretty cool, like our head and um, sort of our extremities didn't feel too warm because we had the ice, we were wet, but I think our running packs were holding a lot of like heat into our into our core like, even though you had it sort of yeah. iced down the back like I remember a couple times taking mine off and the heat was just sort of radiating out from from the pack so I think 
looking looking at that and into the future, like if we're running and it's that hot out, we'd probably need to look at using some sort of waste belt kind of thing to try and let more let more heat out. That's that's really right. I, I think everything else, like you said, aside maybe falling a little short on the the hydration and and the electrolytes. But that's sort of the only other thing that's coming to mind that we could try to improve that situation. Because I remember even having the ice in around my neck on the bandana or on in my buff, when the ice ran out, I had to take that off my neck because my neck started overheating. Like even just that thing around my neck was trapping too much heat. And I was really surprised by that because I hadn't actually felt that before. And I've run some ultras in pretty warm temperatures, but maybe it's just a combination of the extreme humidity with the temperatures. I'm not, I'm not sure, but it was, it was something else out there. (laughs) I also think, um, that later, like once I had, I changed clothes and stopped taking ice and I kind of in hindsight think that maybe taking some ice because anytime I stopped at that point, I was getting really, really cold, like actually starting not hypothermic, but getting that little bit of like shiver thing going on. But, um, like once I went out, we started jogging again, it like that, I could feel like getting hot and the sweat coming back on and all that kind of stuff. And kind of in hindsight, I was wondering, like, because I never wanted ice because I was freezing. I think if you remember when we were sitting in the, when we took that extended break and the sun, like, and um, I said, the sun was going down, it's going to get cooler. So let's take, let's take this plan break a stop or two earlier and let's put you in some air conditioning, take a nap. And when you get back up, it's going to be cooler and you were you were cold in the yeah. car but that's just because like you were this heat exhaustion right it's, you, yeah so i was like it's okay you're a little cool we had to cool your core temperature <laughs> down though yeah yeah because i kind of think that that probably just never happened because when i think back on how quickly i heat up again i mean at one point yeah. adam did look it up was still like yeah. 25 degrees with yeah. the humidity like two o'clock in the morning, but I kind of think, which at the time just wasn't occurring to me, but I think maybe had I continued with the ice further, just maybe held it in my hand until I got going. And then, you know, just cause we're, because that to me kind of says exactly that, that the core temperature just never yeah. got back down again. Kind of and I think so. after that stop, we both kind of got caught up in the fact that we, we both felt a lot better. better. And yeah, I think like, we, we just, we got a little too excited in, in that moment. And although we had a, we had a really strong yeah. section between those two stops, I think that yeah. was kind of the yeah. beginning of the end. And we couldn't, we couldn't get it back after yeah. that. Cause we, we sorted you out. You were feeling way better after yeah. that stop. But then yeah. after we, we got going a bit too fast and that's, we never got it back after that point. <laughs> no, no. But it's true, like, after that one, because I was like, oh, wow, that's yeah. all I needed? Like, you know, like I said, maybe maybe a little too confident in a few in a few areas of it. Yeah. But. <laughs> but that's a lot of grit and determination going from around, like, it was shortly, you said it was shortly, it was around 80 kilometers, right, when you threw up the first time? 
Yeah, I think it was like 85, which I was surprised it was only five <laughs> the 80 because things were good at the 80, but I just, I don't know. I yeah, yeah. be off a little bit. No, I think that. I remember I being pretty, at. pretty close to that. And then to make it to 136 after that, still dealing with the, all the stomach issues. And when you're talking in altered terms, like that's not a short amount of time to get from 85 yeah. to 136, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of what I keep telling myself. And it was one of those things. It's not until you like tell the story to somebody else that you're like, well, I guess that's not too bad then. I'm like, it really started going downhill. And then I just pulled the pin. And then it's like, well, no, that was hours that and was hours later. Many, many <laughs> hours later of you <laughs> trying your exactly. best to, to fix it. We were frantically trying to find some calories that you might be able to get in. You uh, and I can't like, and that's another in hindsight, it's easy to look back. But I was like, maybe I should have tried, like, I probably should have tried a little harder. But I just got like, well, you, you, you did try some things, like when we, we got you like the, the mystery cup of noodle soup from the, the corner store, you tried that, but then you threw it up like not long after that, right? But you did end up running that section, like you said, you felt pretty strong. <laughs> I know. I'm like, maybe with a couple minutes, it was down there. I was managed to absorb some of the, uh, the calories yeah. out of it. But yeah. And actually there were a couple, yeah. After that one that I did kind of perk up a little bit. And then, yeah. Like when I came out and said I was done, like, I can't even believe that I got out of that chair again when you were like, <laughs> go the next four kilometers. Yeah. And that's why, and that's why I think right now that you're, you're happy with, with what you did, even though you didn't get the full yeah. mission accomplished, I think you really do understand that you gave it, you gave it your all. Yeah, I think I did. I also like to be 100% honest. I know you, I don't know if you remember me saying like, I want to be able to do this and not hate life. And I think if I had really, and to be honest, I don't, I don't know if I physically would have f finished it. I think I might've fallen down or fell asleep while I was running <laughs> at that point or something, but yeah. And maybe it's a weakness in these kind of challenges and stuff, but I was like, no, I'm, if like, it's done, I'm starting to hate life. <laughs> like, oh, I, I think you're the point where you decided you were hating life. You, a normal person would have decided they were hating life around the second or third time they were throwing up. <laughs> True. I guess so. I guess you made you made it a pretty I, long time. And it, but and to be like really like having you there, and Adam coming along too, because I think I probably would have stopped quite a bit earlier. And I was, and it was you guys both kept saying like, it might just snap, it might turn around at some point. And I don't think like without having the support there of people who know what they're talking about or I probably wouldn't have gone and that's what I was going on just the hope but beyond hope that all of a sudden I'd get hungry and want to eat something and be able to get some calories in and that would you know start perking everything up or so I mean that's a good thing to remember when I don't have the person right there necessarily tell me all the time is you know it might not turn around but obviously there's a chance that it will so you might as well kind of put those extra hours in just to see yeah, you know for sure and and some some kilometers an hour forward even though it might be slow is still a lot better than than zero yeah. kilometers an hour yeah. forward right <laughs> yeah 
Exactly. Exactly. So, so I think that, so that yeah. really goes to show, though, that that having a crew and and some people to help pace you is so valuable, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is 100%, 100 And even just like I said, with Adam telling me to drink water, I think I would have been even in worse shape or whatever. But he was good for like, I'm talking pretty much constantly because he drinking knew much. I wasn't drinking yeah. on my own. Yeah, exactly. It's just constantly like telling me to do that. So, yeah, I, I know for a fact that if you weren't there and if he hadn't shown up like, yeah, I would have pulled the blood a lot water. I've had similar experiences. I remember when I was doing um, my triple looper of, of Shignecto, I was coming in to go out on, on my third loop. And I wouldn't have started if my friends weren't there to, to go with me. It's like they drove all the way down here. Yeah. I at least got to start walking <laughs> in that direction. That, that thought did cross my head because I know I... Yeah. took a nap wherever adam met us and like we didn't start right yeah. away again <laughs> that was a little bit of motivation at that point to be like oh god I've got well, he's here <laughs> he's waiting for me to to get up and get yeah. going again yeah yeah exactly so looking back on it yeah. on it all obviously you had a proper amount of of suffering and we didn't we didn't quite get you the the hundred miler finish that you were you were looking for, um, but all in all, um, was it worth it? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. I I don't know. I take this whole thing as as a win, really. Like the mile, yeah, the mileage didn't happen, but overall, I'm like pretty much over the top happy with how it all turned out and the training like I enjoyed the training I think I said before not that it was easy but I was yeah it's just done it seemed so much easier when yeah and even (laughs) even like you said just having like I know like I was I was pushing you to do some things that you didn't necessarily quote unquote like to do and you probably wouldn't have done on your own but after you do them like I feel so much stronger right (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, I, well, I think I said, I mentioned to you that I was thinking, geez, I need to get him to train me on a, on a half marathon, because I was, like, beating my own records in the middle of a training week, just from, you know, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, because, like I said, I would do a little bit of intervals, but I did the unstructured and probably didn't, you know, push myself and my mind is blown at how well those do work. Go figure. (laughs) And like I said before, even just the nutrition part, like the eating enough calories during a run, like I'm always gonna, whether I'm training for something or not, I'm definitely gonna always be eating more on long runs than I probably ever have before. Cause that was a game changer too. Just, just in in life in general. So you probably just answer my, my question that I was thinking of, but um, so looking back at training and the hundred mile um, effort, what do you think was the biggest thing that you know now that you learned that you were, that you didn't know or completely oblivious to when, when you started, like wasn't even on your radar of something that was going to be important? Well, I mean, I knew nutrition would be important, but it blew my mind how 
much of a difference it makes and how much I wasn't eating. Um, the intervals, definitely. Um, going forward, and I've talked about this, like, I, I guess I consider myself lucky. I don't get a lot of blisters and I don't get a lot of chafing. Like it's never been a problem. And what I've realized is because it hasn't been a problem that I wasn't 100% prepared for it and doing pre like preventative stuff, like greasing up my feet or even I had like one toe taped that I knew had been a problem. And like, I was like, oh God, there's, you know, I should have lubed my feet up. I should have definitely. Uh, Could even yeah, look into like, as you're working on that for the next, next time you try, as I get the feeling you are going to try again, <laughs> um, but experimenting with some different socks too. Like a, yeah, like, like I said, because I was surprised at one point when I did change my shoes and tape up my feet and like Adam was like, oh, well, have you ever tried this? And did you have you tried moleskin? And what do you and I had just had some generic stuff. And I'm like, really, I've never had to try anything. So I don't really know what I need and what works best for me or anything. And yeah, I've all worn the same socks, like just something I've never even researched a whole lot because but that's and that's what I would honestly would be kind of a thing I might say to anybody trying this is, you know, things that you might not think are a problem for you are going to become a problem <laughs> for you. if you do Well, this. even if <laughs> something like where the feet got, got trashed, like it's something that we couldn't even like replicate in training. Like you weren't going to be running with, with wet feet for a hundred plus kilometers. Like that's just not something that you had experienced. Right. So yeah. And I just know that some people like get blisters all the time and chafe all the time. So they've tried yeah. different things and all where I just like, I don't know, tape a band-aid. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm normally pretty good on chafing too, but just to kind of put things in in perspective. Um like and 50 kilometers is normally not something that I would have to worry about in that department, but like the insides of my legs were obliterated just from being just from being that soaked and it must have been like the humidity I think like the salt must have just been sticking around and caking yeah. on the insides of the shorts and just doing an extra special amount of of damage <laughs> I think so because the thing is and you probably heard me say it or probably said it a million times that I was getting ready to cut the gut yeah. out of my shorts but the place that was bothering me was not that like the next day, that wasn't the problem at all. And yeah, I don't know what it was. It might have just been like where my shorts were running. Cause I was like, I don't rub the backs of my legs. <laughs> yeah, it's just because <laughs> of the, the, the wet and the, the fabric of the shorts are just yeah. kind of rubbing up against the skin, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't, yeah, I thought I was on the issue part and maybe that's why that didn't become an issue the next day. But I was like, oh, I was like, I, was like, I need some video of how yeah. I run. Cause I was like, I don't even know how I managed to shape these parts <laughs> of my body. So, but on that note too, I was really happy. Like my pack didn't chafe me anywhere. Um, like my bra didn't, you know, even with having ice packed down there and like all that kind of stuff is so I was pretty happy about that, that I didn't have like all you know, everywhere my pack was yeah. or, you know, so, but those, oh. yeah, just two things that weren't on my radar that totally ended up being like 
the like worst part of recovery. <laughs> but all, all that said and done, like you feel like the body was the body was prepared, right? Like you you're surprised by oh. like how like not sore you were afterwards, right? Which is crazy for having yeah. run 136 kilometers. Yeah, I know. I kept waiting for it to like settle in and settle in, and it. Like, like I said, I could probably, that's always my thing is if I can walk downstairs rel- relatively easily, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. So, so I think the yeah. last question I got for you was, um, after all of that talk about chafing and, and blisters and throwing up, we are, I already asked if it was worth it, but now I'm going to ask, um, through all of that, did you have fun through training and through yeah. racing? Oh yeah. yeah. Training. Yeah training was fun I found I mean the last the bad part was kind of a blur really I don't remember it so I was like but no I think I like there were a couple runs during training that I you know hated life was had rough time with but other than that I found like it was just a good progression of stuff I never felt that I was like super like putting in too much that I wasn't ready for. And yeah, I enjoyed the whole experience 100%. I really, I mean, it sounds ridiculous because I didn't make the the hundred miles, but I really couldn't be more happy with, with the whole experience at all. It well, was, I, I yeah, don't think that that's really ridiculous at all because I, I preach, I preach all the time yeah, that the, the end goal is important, but it's not the, it's not the most important. What's the most important is that you you do everything in your power to get there. And if you do that, then then you can be happy, sort of regardless of the outcome. Ultimately, we we do want to get you there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but and I truly think I did. Like I like I said, I have no regrets. I am. I'm not like wasn't sitting two days after being like, what the hell? Like I should have like none of that at all it just no really all just really good feelings about the whole thing yeah i couldn't be happier really (laughs) still riding on the high a little bit here over a week later and i'm still like (laughs) i'll enjoy it ride it ride it for a while you earned it for sure okay yeah so and at the same time looking forward to getting back into running again so and that's a good thing because not so much, I don't think, after the 50, but might have even been a half that I did. It was like, it took me months before I even wanted, like, just got into one of those funks of not really wanting to do it anymore. Yeah. But this time, I don't know. I'm Like I said, I'm just a little antsy to get back out there. Just, you know, like I've had my week of rest. I think that's awesome. And- <laughs> I think you've gotten a taste of of what you can be capable of when when you put your mind to it, right? And Sky, sky's the limit yeah right so exactly exactly so and then looking you know i saw you were we're down in falmouth doing the the mountain down there the other day and just you know being on strava over this week and just seeing other people's you know fun things they're doing i'm like <laughs> time to get out on the trails and enjoy fall <laughs> exactly oh and that was what i was thinking i was like and fall's yeah. coming now that I've run 136k in super hot and humid weather, let's get out and enjoy some not yeah. hot and humid time running. Crisp, some nice crisp yeah. weather. Awesome. Well, thank thank you so much for sitting down and and chatting with me about this. It's a lot of fun coaching. No you, problem. So. Oh, good, good. Because yeah, I 
I couldn't be happier. I'm 100% like satisfied customer, everything. I, I can't even express how grateful and just happy and how great the whole thing was. I really appreciate uh, those kind words. Like I said, it was a lot of fun and it's so rewarding for me to, to see somebody like you reach, reach something like that. Like it's a pretty big, it's a pretty big jump to go from the 50 K to a hundred miler. And there's absolutely no prerequisites to, to doing something like that. It's just like you said, you, you don't know until you're in the thick and have experienced what, what it is to get over a hundred K. What, what's, what's that going to do? <laughs> right. Exactly. But now I have so many, you know, I've learned so much for the next time. <laughs> All right. So I think that does it. Uh, so what did you guys think? For me, this conversation really hits home on one of my core coaching philosophies. And that is if you honestly do give something your best shot and you do everything that's in your power to get the get the job done, then you can go back to your house and look at yourself in the mirror and you truly believe that, that even though sometimes things don't go perfectly and you don't reach that ultimate goal, that you can still be happy with the effort and come back hungrier to go after it next time. And I say being there and witnessing this performance firsthand, it was nothing short of inspirational, seeing that uh, determination and grit persevering through that heat and humidity and a stomach that had turned south. So I hope you enjoyed this uh, Athlete Spotlight mini-series with uh, Mel and Tim. And um, I think that's it for now. So we'll catch you guys later. If you enjoyed the show and you want to show your support, the best thing that you can do is subscribe and leave a review. If you've already done that, then it would mean so much to me if you share this episode with your friends on social media. I love seeing posts or getting tagged in people's stories. It's really awesome. I really need your help to grow the show in order to make this sustainable so I can keep bringing you conversations with real runners in our community who are out there doing amazing things. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time.